0: Today begins our series on Arthur Shawcross. To start, we'll look back at his childhood and discuss the abuse he alleges to have endured. Then talk about what his family says about that. We'll look at his time in Vietnam, his return to the US, and his early crimes. We'll also talk about his time in court, in jail, and the steady escalation in his criminal activity. Is Shawcross the most dangerous person we've ever
1: covered? Stick around. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you're still a believer in the often discredited McDonald triad, stick around. We're going three for three tonight. That is, unless you don't consider bestiality to be cruel.
0: (coughs) This is Necronomapod! Every week, I feel like all my hats must be slightly different shapes and sizes because every week I come in here to fucking readjust my headphones. There's no <laughs> consistency in my life. <laughs> so that's what I got going on over here. What do you guys got going on? Those are first world plus problems. <laughs> yeah, that is, uh, I don't even know how to deal with that one. The struggle is very real. It's very frustrating. We get ready to go here. I'm all fired up, ready to start. Nope, oh, gotta readjust. Play that game. My hat problem is that I have a very large head. All hats don't fit me. I keep seeing these targeted ads. I, I don't know why, because I don't have that issue. But on Instagram, there's this company that makes bigger hats, like mm. hats for guys with, with big heads. I need
1: that. I have a giant head, but uh, it's not my fault. Next, it's time the way God
0: made me, pal. <laughs> yeah, just letting you know, there's a, there's an outlet out there for you. Next time I come, hmm. I come across it, I'll send it to you. I think they're just generic hats, but maybe they have stuff. I like generic hats, just a flat black hat, generic. Yeah. Yeah, that look all right. Goes with every outfit, right? Absolutely does. Get some consistency in your headphones. Don't the fuck with them every week. I'm way off today. This is throw me off. <laughs> I might just be quiet the first half of the episode. Fuck around with this, and I'll yeah, you, you do that. Get back to us be back the, after the ad break. Yeah, sure. Let us know your opinion on what we covered without you in the first half. All right. I took Declan to the strip club last weekend. Very he deserved a night out. Is that right? So I was like, all right, let me take him out. Bought him a lap dance. The motherfucker came in his pants in 10 seconds. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> so I grabbed his collar and we got the fuck out of there. He's going to stay in your basement, Dave. He's not allowed out anymore. That was humiliating. Oh, I hope he washes his pants. Well, I don't know. We'll if have can. That do, do you here. give him uh, laundry access <laughs> while he's here or no?
1: <laughs> he's going home with you tonight,
0: then. <laughs> he's got to use the sink in the bathroom just to wash his stuff. And, and there's a shower. He's not allowed to use it, though. <laughs> you go down it's there like hourly. shower? You go down there hourly check for water spots. <laughs> Who turned this fucking shower on? <laughs> yeah, so don't take him to the strip club. You didn't take his sister; she was working.
1: Oh. Yeah, I'm gonna go see Got her. It. Got yeah. it. Yeah, is that who gave him the lap dance that made him <laughs> yeah. come in his pants? I this wasn't gonna like a turn. say anything,
0: but I mean, she knows me well. She always gives me a deal on the lap dance prices. Oh, yeah, sure, she was a little thrown off when I said it was for her brother. <laughs> But a professional is <laughs> a professional. She had to do it. I'm a little concerned it only took him 10 seconds, and that, and that was it.
1: Mm. He doesn't get out much, though. But his sister.
0: What are you going to do? Pen, yeah. up, pen up energy. He hadn't seen a woman in so long. <laughs> He's been locked down here. <laughs> right. Hard at work. Fucking everything up. Yeah, right. Messing everything <laughs> up. I think that's at the end of the fun for two weeks,
2: right? Now we're going to get into this, this topic and, and not have fun. Yeah, this guy's something. Yeah, the end gets pretty <laughs> yeah. bad. There's a solid warning, I think, for the end, for some part two. You mean? No, no, for the, the end, end of this, this episode. episode. I think that's
1: right. I remember there was, um, you know, a serial killer with the circumstance. I didn't remember exactly who it was with the how the chain of events played out. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's
2: this guy. Yeah, this is a really frustrating story. It's preventable. Yeah, some of it, a, a lot, lot of, of it. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Of yeah. It. <laughs>
0: Well, let's dive in. I think the most interesting thing is, well, and we'll talk about it, there's the debate on the abuse, but not as blatant abuse as we get with most serial killers.
2: No, I mean, everybody around him says that it's all bullshit. He had a normal childhood. So. I, I, I think it's fair that people later in life when they commit crimes like this are looking
1: for someone to blame and looking to deflect blame off themselves and kind of concoct stories.
2: So. talk about that a lot in part two, okay he like rationalizes everything, blames everybody else. every victim we'll talk about next week. it's always they were trying to steal my wallet or they were doing something uh, to me that made me mad a la eileen Warno ish she kinda if we're to believe the prosecutor on that, it's kinda what she- yeah Did if she... yeah if we believe that she didn't right yeah. 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 So, Arthur John Shawcross was born on June 6th, 1945, in Kittery, Maine, to Arthur Roy Shawcross and Betty Shawcross. And he was the first of their four children. Arthur's father was a U.S. Marine, and he returned home from World War II in 1944. A little bit early, no? That's (laughs) when it was just getting good. (laughs) What are you doing, fella?
0: He's like, huh? that's (laughs) enough for me. You guys look all right here. I'm going to go home.
2: (laughs) When he got home, he and Betty, uh, they got married. Arthur Roy was 21, and Betty was 18. Arthur was born two months premature, and according to Betty, he was not a normal baby. Arthur didn't really cry or show any emotions at all. And his cry was weird. It was like a weird forced thing that just didn't sound like crying at all, really. And that went on through his whole life. Mm at the time betty thought that he was just kind of like a quirky baby anybody realizing that he was a weird baby is all in retrospect <laughs> after he gets arrested for what he did well hindsight being twenty twenty, no one
1: you know in the moment's gonna say i got a weird fucking baby but, uh, <laughs> looking back I'm like yeah, it was a weird baby
2: this baby's gonna kill people <laughs> before we get into the rest of his childhood literally every family member in Arthur's life has come forward to say that he is absolutely lying about the abuse that he suffered. They do admit to Arthur's father spanking him with a belt when he got in trouble. But other than that, it was a normal childhood according to his family. I think maybe the truth lies somewhere in the middle. It usually does. But I, there are things that Arthur says happened to him that I personally think are just Way out of the line exaggerations, well, and I think in the or fantasies that, yeah, like you said, things
0: that he talks about throughout his whole life that he either fantasizes, makes up, or embellishes. You know, makes it easier to believe that he's lying about this, and his family's probably telling the truth. He has a history of kind of making stuff up, so
1: yeah, it's like a narrative after the fact
2: narrative he crafted when he had you know lots of free time later on, right. According to Arthur, around four years old is when he started to be beaten by his father when he got in trouble, usually with a belt or a broomstick. And like we said, the, the family does not deny that. It's a good age to start beating your kid, right? Four years old? I mean, back then, it was
1: no holds barred, right? <laughs> you imagine beating a four-year-old? It's awfully young. It's a bit excessive, no? Four? Like beating with I a mean, belt?
2: It's, it's all excessive. Sheesh. Yeah. Yeah. Regarding social interactions, other kids didn't like Arthur. He weirded them out. Um, and part of that was his baby talk. At five years old, Arthur came up with two imaginary friends, a boy named Paul and a girl with blonde hair who didn't have a name. <coughs> uh, Paul was his age, and the girl was a little bit older.
0: God, God, let's tag team Paul. <laughs> Did he just refer to this girl as the blonde-haired girl?
2: Uh, I don't know. I don't know what she just didn't have a name, but it it was weird because it's like Voldemort, <laughs> she, she's
1: she will not be named.
2: She uh, he would like talk for them in baby talk. <laughs> so like he would say something, and then whatever this girl said back, he would say back to himself, but in the baby talk. Mm. How that works. I should have been friends with Gary Widge, Gary Ridgway's <laughs> little
1: baby who sat in the back seat while he was killing hookers. At least he existed, though. That's true. My nope. fat <laughs> <laughs> Can
0: you imagine Ridgway on a road trip with both of them in the back seat? It'd <laughs> be a whole thing, right? It's a whole scene there. It's like a new sitcom coming. <laughs> Ridgway and his two little (laughs) baby talkers in the back. (laughs) It's the name of the show, Baby Talkers.
2: (laughs) Baby Talkers. (laughs) (laughs) The baby talk thing is something that lasts into Arthur's teen years. Like, he just does this all the time. Oh, that's not weird at all. The baby talk thing got Arthur bullied by other kids, and at six years old, they all nicknamed him Oddie. Also, by six years old, bedwetting had become an issue for Arthur, and that's another thing that lasted well past the age that it should.
1: McDonald Triad, strike one, <laughs> boom.
2: <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs>
1: I was never much of a bedwetter myself. I was uh, pretty
2: continent.
1: Were you guys bedwetters? I don't remember. Not that, like, not to an
0: age where I remember it.
2: It wasn't something I had a problem yeah. with. Yeah. I peed
0: on my bedroom floor <laughs> when I
1: was forty one time, but I had been drinking for like twelve hours, so that was understandable.
2: Not That's, much of a bed wetter
0: though. Just a floor wetter. A floor wetter. I <laughs> thought yeah. it was in the bathroom, sure.
2: I did that one time into a dresser drawer. Like I opened up <laughs> the dresser drawer and You were trying. You tried. It. it happens. I thought it was the toilet. Well, yeah.
0: It would have caught it at least. You could have just dumped it out. It's so an yeah. A for effort. <laughs> it's the same
2: night you ate a sponge. No, it was a different night. Same level of drunk, though. (laughs) At nine years old, there were a lot of changes in Arthur's life. Uh, First, he had a classic head injury. Arthur was hit in the head with a large rock, which knocked him unconscious. For this, he ended up going to the hospital and getting some stitches. Second, he started to bully kids younger than him. He was still being bullied by kids his own age or older, but now he was taking those frustrations out on younger kids. And not just normal bullying, like specifically wanted to make kids cry. Very sadistic, mm-hmm. wanted to cause pain. It fits the profile, I suppose. And the third thing that happened, his mother found out about Arthur Roy's other marriage.
1: What, what, what? <laughs>
2: <laughs> One day a letter showed up to the Shaw Cross house from a woman named Thelma June. While Arthur Roy was stationed in Australia, he met Thelma. She got pregnant, and then they got married. Once World War II was winding down, um, Arthur Roy ditched Thelma and returned to the U.S. So as you can imagine, it was not uh, a happy household. He should have just said, that,
1: that place doesn't even exist. What It's <laughs> t- <that's> not real. <laughs> Australia, what are you talking about?
0: Thelma? You can't argue that. That would have ended the, yeah. the fight right there. Yeah.
2: There wasn't a ton of fighting in the house um arthur roy just kind of shut down and became very distant arthur was also mutilating animals at this time really brutal stuff beheading animals at least this is what he claims there's no there's no one to corroborate anything so mcdonald
0: try it strike two (laughs) (laughs) only in the first 20
1: minutes here (laughs)
2: One of the big things he liked to do was scrape the feathers off of baby birds if he could get a hold of them. Oh, my God. Really sadistic stuff Mm. he would talk about. At 10 years old, Arthur started to run away, which his family said was just for attention because he would always come home pretty quick. His grades also suffered and he was held back grade. So he had to redo fourth grade. Do you think when he
0: ran away, it was kind of like when Michael Scott tries to go out in the wilderness, and after he ran away, like at 10 minutes, he was like, oh, this is not a good idea. Yeah, I watched that the other day. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> he cuts his sleeves in his pants and then tapes them back on. And when <laughs> it starts
2: getting cold out. <laughs> the following year, Arthur said that his mother caught him masturbating, to which she threatened to cut off his penis with a butcher's knife. But it wasn't to his sister. Mm. Declan. <laughs> Sicko there's another version where Arthur says that she anally raped him with a broomstick and this with this one is where it starts kind of getting out of hand where you don't know if this is like a sexual fantasy or Mm. you know what's going on like if, would have preferred he'd fantasize about mom raping on when he found his or when she caught him or something or that he gets off on trying to say the most shocking stuff to people after the fact. Yeah. See their reaction like turns him on because he's, he's one of those guys that just would never shut up. He would give an interview Mm. to anybody. He had his rules for what he would talk about and what he wouldn't talk about, but he gave all kinds of interviews. So that might be some of this is like a shock value kind of thing. That's some serious child abuse though, threatening your ten year old with cutting off his cock when you find him jerking off. That's what happened to David Berg, Children of God, remember? Yeah. We'll yeah. See how Seems well he turned out. out. She brought him in front of the whole family and threatened it. That's right. Didn't she make him do it in front of the family? That's yeah, he said that too. That she forced him to jerk off in front of all of his brothers and sisters. I will if you a performance issues, no? I give you all kinds of issues. Yeah. It's
1: gonna be hard to come back from that. Yeah. What's wrong with you, mothers? <laughs> Stop the insanity! <laughs> Let them jerk off in peace, mom. <laughs> Crying out loud. <laughs> who are the Who are the kids into these days? Who's
0: the? Uh, I hope you're not talking to me. <laughs> <because> I <don't> have <laughs> no fucking idea. It's probably bad baby, right? That's who everyone's into nowadays. Isn't she the one that made like millions her first day on uh,
1: OnlyFans? I think I just read fifty million dollars last year on OnlyFans. Isn't that's that the Catch Me Outside girl, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's a thing or not. Though. Bad babies filled with H's. <laughs> yep, that's a lot of money. It is a sizable amount. Yeah, <laughs> million dollars for an appearance on Doctor Phil. Yes. Yeah,
0: She really because uh, at the time she parlayed that she wasn't of age, right? And then like when she
2: turned eighteen.
0: Yep. She signed up for OnlyFans and like yep. all these guys joined, yep. which is also just creepy. Like, all the
2: it's all those neckbeards, they were just waiting for her to turn oh, 18. Yeah. She was, she That's was wild. uh very popular on 4chan. Oh, was she? Oh, yeah. The well, ne- clearly, she's pop. I mean, yeah. 50 million dollars. Neckbeards were waiting for that to happen. <laughs> Good for her, though. Absolutely. How the
0: fuck did we get here? What? Oh, I don't know. I was talking about who. who <laughs> you mentioned are. her. What are you who, talking about? How did we get I here? I was trying to think of where my stream of conscious went for that.
2: <laughs> I didn't even know her name until you said the Dr. Phil appearance. I didn't even know who we were talking about. I think
0: it's her working name now. What was it again? Bad Baby. Uh, but it's BH, like bad, and then BH is baby. Uh, jerk off the bad bunny. It's, <laughs> it's much better. <laughs>
1: you could do that too i guess does he have an only i don't know he's the most downloaded most listened to spotify artist worldwide i believe though
0: that is wild i know because i'll be honest i had never heard of him until he showed up at wrestlemania
1: yeah i didn't know who he was the and they're Like here. the
0: most downloaded artist ever i was like wait who
1: i love how you like uh introduction to some pop culture is only when it Enters the wrestling world. At least that, and like one. the Venn diagram of what you guys know about pop culture and WWE's that that middle part. What music does he make? <laughs> I don't it's
0: probably know. like like I don't uh, listen to that. I have
1: no idea. It's
0: probably like like uh, I think like, he's like a DJ like Skrillex type. Yeah, like shit that I would never listen to. It's like called like house music stuff like that. Yeah, I think so. Pass. Yeah, I'd never good for him. Before, yeah. I mean. It got him to WrestleMania, which is clearly the biggest thing he'll ever do in his life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or have Dave Nalapod jerk off to him. I'm not one of those two. So two years after that, the Shawcrosses moved to upstate New York in a neighborhood where three other sets of their family members lived. Arthur was getting bullied at school. He was still doing the baby talk shit to the point where his cousins and family didn't want him around, like everyone was weirded out by him at this point. Arthur claims at this time he started to have sexual relationships with his mother, sister, and a female cousin, all of which consisted of oral sex, done to Arthur and Arthur doing it to them. So that's the, I mean, there's two versions. There's a version where, according to his family members, they were all weirded out and didn't want him around. Arthur Mm -hmm. says no he was actually having sexual relationships with all of them (laughs) he won up some like we didn't want him around
1: oh yeah why was i licking your twat then oh like like were the three of them lined up on a couch and he was just going back and forth like like what was the setup here was it individually inquiring minds want to know
0: you getting off on this over there? Like,
1: Where can I read this in detail? What he said? It's a bizarre scenario he's painting here. This uh, Arthur fella. Can not to our next paranormal erotica? Dave's like, actually, <laughs> I'm going to read the
0: Shawcross letters. <laughs> and then I
1: was tongue in my mom's clinton, And my sister's like, hey, what about me?
0: It's not from the Bronx, Dave. He's upstate New York. <laughs> eh,
1: you know rochester generalizing era. i don't i don't know what a rochester accent sounds like
2: at this time arthur also claims to have started having sex with animals which i think this is true because the stuff we're gonna talk about later on in the episode or at least a farmer taught him to do it and maybe, like maybe he actually didn't physically have mm. sex but he at least got instructions from a farmer Peter Curtin had that, too. He
1: had a farmer that helped him. A dog catcher. Yeah, that's right. The dog catcher. Taught him how to fuck all the dogs and how to kill them. So it would keep quiet. You're not going to narc
2: on me, golden retriever. (laughs) (laughs) Arthur said that a farmer he hung out with sometimes taught him how to have sex with sheep and chickens, specifically the sheep. Arthur said that the farmer taught him to put a bunch of mud or grass, stuff like that, in the sheep's mouth to keep it quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what you want, Dave. We can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a
0: muffled one? No. <laughs> Boy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Very Peter Curtin-esque, too, with his chicken stories that he tells. Oh, in that book, The Begotten Son, there's a, a lot of quotes from him in there. Like killing a chicken in the process of it. like Just getting really graphic for...
1: Like getting off on the blood and the, the, yeah. the torture. Like a, chi- not that a sheep's not weird, but a chicken, a chicken.
0: I don't know, pal. Uh, uh, I mean, I'd rather eat it, but that's just me. You mean like
1: give, <laughs> give it oral? You mean? Yeah, I'm not a crazy person. You don't put your penis. No, <laughs> rather, come on, I'm not psychotic.
0: <laughs> I want that cocks cock. <laughs>
2: Arthur also failed at school some more And he was going on 17 years old In the 8th grade He made it to his freshman year of high school And then dropped out But not before receiving another head injury During either gym class Or uh, like a track practice Type thing He was hit in the head with a discus And knocked unconscious
0: At this point just start wearing a helmet dude (laughs) (laughs) Like come on
2: Seventeen and 8th grade? like At some
1: point, do we say, hey, maybe learning's not for you and we're going to go down a different path here? That seems a little old to be with... 8th graders? What's that, 13 years old? I I mean, Billy
0: Madison seemed to have a good time. (laughs) You get to bang the teacher. He's focused on the teacher, teacher, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At that point, he's almost going to be legal age. You might as
2: well hang
1: in there. I'm not sure seventeen-year-olds should be around thirteen-year-olds in eighth grade, though. It's probably not good for the other
0: student. It's not good for anybody. No. It's not good for him. No. It'd be home instruction at that point, at the yeah.
1: very least. Yeah, go back to mom, eat her pussy, and never teach her <laughs> Spanish. I don't know. I'm not sure that's a good
0: idea either. <laughs> eat her pussy, and she'll teach you Spanish. What? Did she say? <laughs> that's homeschooling. <laughs> Reading,
2: writing, arithmetic,
0: and rim jobs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> After dropping out of high school, Arthur follows High
1: them. school? It was in eighth grade.
2: <laughs> he made it to his freshman year.
0: <laughs> so he made it out of eighth grade. He did make and it out like, of eighth grade. Like, I'm out. I'm going out on top. I finished. Woo! Eighth grade graduate, <laughs> motherfuckers. I'm educated now. <laughs> Just wait. You'll see what I'll do in this world. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he followed that classic serial killer blueprint and started breaking into homes, looking in windows and stealing stuff from stores. He was pretty good at stealing and breaking into the houses because he didn't get arrested for anything until December of 1963. One night he broke into a Sears store after hours and set off the alarm. Arthur told the judge that he didn't have any money for Christmas gifts, so he broke into the store to steal presents. The judge was feeling the Christmas spirit. He uh, sentenced Arthur to probation, no jail time. The following year, 1964, Arthur met Sarah Chatterson while working at a dollar store type place. They were only together for like two months before they got married, and then Arthur got a job as a butcher. Just the guy you want cutting your meat, right? Somebody who had their dick in the animal
1: an hour before and he killed him. Sweet.
0: This one's extra marinated. Tenderized.
2: He gets real weird into talking about the raw meat, like saying that he could just take it just straight raw and take a bite out of it and tell whether... It would be steak or g- used for ground meat.
0: I thought you were going to say
2: in told that I had been
0: fucked. Oh, I no. don't know why. I was like, he's going to say that. Like,
1: oh, yeah. This cow's been fucked. I split this cow wide open last night. I remember. He's like, and I know that because I did it. I know that steak anywhere.
0: Thank you. Come again.
2: What a fucking weirdo already this guy is. Yeah. Nothing good. No. Not a single thing. No, not at all.
0: He graduated eighth grade. Stop (laughs) it.
2: Don't diminish his achievements. The marriage only lasted for about a year and a half because Arthur violated his probation when he broke into another house. Sarah also cited the fact that their sex life was terrible. Arthur could not keep an erection.
0: Well, maybe if she mooed or something.
1: He was hard for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) think she was cucked by a goat <laughs> <laughs> or a chicken. <laughs> 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 we don't have to go down that road. Just asking a question.
2: It's what we do. We're journalists. Arthur didn't receive any jail time for violating his probation. And he didn't for his next offense either. The following winter, when Arthur was 20 years old, a 13-year-old boy threw a snowball at his car. Arthur got out and beat the kid's ass. For this, Arthur was arrested and received six months more of probation. I don't know how that works if you're already on probation for doing something. You get double secret probation. They tack on six months, huh? One for stealing, one for assault.
1: Kid's lucky he threw that snowball at Arthur, not
0: Arbor, Arbor, uh, Albert Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Albert Bell would have mowed him down with his truck.
1: Remember that? Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah.
0: great. It was eggs, right? At Halloween? Something like that. Yeah. He, he wasn't giving Chased out candy. His ass down.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Albert Bell was the fucking best, man. Uh, We've talked about him a few times. Yeah. Talk about a hometown hero.
2: He was
0: my favorite back then.
2: He was a bad dude. Yes, he was. On April 7th, 1967, Arthur was drafted into the Army to be sent to Vietnam. He started his training in Virginia and then went to Fort Benning in Georgia. Before he went to Vietnam, Arthur was given a 30-day leave, and he met Linda Neary, the two headed off, and they got married in October of 1967, right before Arthur went to Vietnam. Oh, the war kept them apart. I guess you could say they're Shaw crossed lovers. <laughs> <laughs> guess you can say that. I guess they were both like, "There's a solid chance you can die, so let's just get married." Yeah, I'll get your life insurance. Yeah, All she of was of
1: hoping. It. She was like, Wait, "You're back, <laughs> fuck." Like you're so stupid. I assumed you'd get killed as, a, as soon as you got off the plane, asshole. She's like, oh,
0: you're back early just like your dad? <laughs> Fucking pussies.
2: Arthur served in Vietnam for a year, and if you listen to his retellings of uh, of his time there, he was an absolute monster. Arthur says that he was a weapons specialist, and one of his duties was to arrange for the distribution of ammunition which called for him to travel to various units by helicopter. It was at that point that he later told a psychiatrist that he had started going out on what he called fire missions. Initially, he said he was shocked by the violence uh, going on, but he found that he started to crave going out into the jungle alone, looking for the enemy, and eventually he became what he referred to as a predator. Uh Uh-huh. On one of these trips into the jungle, Arthur came across, Arthur says he came across two Vietnamese women hiding guns in a hollow tree and shot one of them and tied the other to a tree. The woman who was shot was still breathing when Arthur cut her head off and put it on a post for the Vietnamese to find. He then cut off a section of her thigh and roasted it over a fire and ate part of it, all while the other woman was tied to a tree. Afterwards, he had orally and vaginally raped the woman tied to a tree, then shot her in the head and dressed her body like a deer. Really? (laughs) Allegedly. So he says. Arthur also claimed to have 39 confirmed kills while at war. However, the U.S. Army investigated his claims. Like I said, he would give an interview to anybody. um, So they were quick to to look into this, and they found no evidence to support any of it. In reality, Arthur was a supply clerk and never saw an ounce of battle. People who have 39 confirmed kills don't talk about having confirmed kills.
1: Yeah, you're not going to be talking about that very much.
2: When asked in an interview later on, uh, he was asked to name someone he was in Vietnam with, and Arthur couldn't name a single person. Oh, that's weird. The thing that's interesting about his interviews is when Arthur talks about his crimes, the ones we'll get into next week, he's really short and won't go into details. He blinks real crazy. Like I've never seen somebody blink like that before. It's very so fast. strange. Yeah. But when he's talking about the Vietnam stuff, he's really, really detailed and gets into all that stuff. Uh, and what I just said, it was just like a summary. He gets really into detail. I think it's like, it's all a fantasy that he had time to come up with and played it out in his head multiple times to tell those stories um, convince himself it was real, right. but then the the real stuff makes him uncomfortable to talk about. He starts blinking. he's real short.
0: Why could he not mm. name anybody he served with if he actually did serve? Was that something that like he doesn't want to talk about because it was truthful? or like why do they think he couldn't name a single person?
2: i my because he
0: did serve, so he mm. would have been able to name somebody, probably.
2: I think that was probably like the rest of his life where no one liked him because he was fucking weird. And so he weirded just, people out, no one just
0: an outsider there who yeah. didn't have any relationship with anybody, so he didn't know anyone.
2: Right. Somehow he continued to marry women throughout his life. He's still, you know, we got a couple more wives to talk about. Do you
0: think while serving he was still baby talking? Maybe.
1: Who knows? fear con
0: Everyone else is just like, leave that guy the fuck
1: alone. <laughs> Put him back with the supplies. <clears throat> Well, his first wife thought he had a bit of a... Limp dick. So, I, don't know. I, don't, I don't know.
0: What was that sex life described as? Terrible sex life?
1: <laughs> terrible. Yeah. He only got hard for the sheep. <laughs> <laughs> Have we mentioned sheep one time in this? Wasn't it just the chickens? Chickens and sheep. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, yeah he was
0: banging sheep. Sorry. Got clouded by Dave's Better be sheep. I based my whole opening on sheep. That's why if I read it wrong, it's not going to make
1: any sense. Personally, I think it would have
0: been funnier had we not mentioned sheep, but you were just on a sheep (laughs) kick for the episode.
2: (laughs) (laughs) One thing that did happen while he was in Vietnam was that Arthur had another head injury. A ladder had fallen on him and knocked him unconscious. Clumsy motherfucker, huh? Yeah, for real. Someone get this guy a helmet. In October 1968, Arthur left Vietnam and was transferred to Oklahoma, where his job was to repair weapons, and his wife Linda went with him. Uh, He did this job with no issues and was honorably discharged in early 1969. And at that point, Arthur and Linda moved back to New York, uh, specifically to Clayton, New York. Once they got back to New York, Arthur started drinking heavily and being physically abusive to Linda. Arthur said that he was having flashbacks from Vietnam, which is 100% real for many vets. But if you go off what the Army said in the FBI's word, Arthur's just making an excuse for being a piece of shit. Arthur had gone far enough to break Linda's nose. However, right after that incident, she found out that she was pregnant and thought maybe that would change things in their relationship, but it didn't. Four months after Linda found out she was pregnant, Arthur beat her to the point that she had a miscarriage. After this, Linda filed for a divorce, which ended up being finalized in 1970, but no charges were filed. I don't think she went to the police or anything, mm-hmm. unfortunately. While all of that was going on, Arthur tapped into another classic serial killer trait, setting fires,
1: McDonald Triad, strike three, you're out, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> in,
2: in, in April of 1969, uh, he burnt down the Norton Brothers Paper Mill. A couple days later, he burnt down Crowley's Cheese Company and then called the fire department to anonymously report it. Really similar to Peter Curtin getting off on that thrill of watching people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he really is just like a very replica similar, of yeah. Kirkman, with the animals and then
1: with the watching, yeah. I mean, you know, the Venn diagram of people fucking sheep and burning stuff down, and you know we're getting to a small population, right? I hope, <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. And like, and maybe it's larger than I think. Though. <laughs> add, add another. I hope it's uh, not that big. <laughs>
0: Getting off on the blood and the hurting, mm-hmm. not just the fucking of the animals.
1: Yeah, good old Pete. As soon as he saw the blood hit the ground, he fucking blew, just like Declan at the strip club,
2: just like it. <laughs> yeah, even the sound of it. He said the sound of it hitting the floor. Uh,
0: yeah, all the qualifiers we set up, you hope that population size is is minuscule. It's
1: probably not though. <laughs>
0: Probably throw an education level on that too. Uh, ooh. Dropping out, eighth grade cheap right. fuckers grade. who come when blood in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Can we round those people up, please? So
1: I feel a little safer at night. Who also
0: get off on watching the authorities find the the carnage?
2: Mm. Mm. We'll
0: put out a Craigslist ad looking for a.
1: <laughs> we'll send them like fake letters that they all won World Series tickets and they have to report <laughs> to this building, and then we'll we'll take care of them. <laughs>
2: Within a couple days of burning down the cheese factory, Arthur unsuccessfully tried to rob a gas station. It was a gas station that Arthur went to a lot. So the owner immediately recognized him. Arthur was arrested. And for no reason, he just started admitting to committing the arsons. He was sentenced to five years in Attica prison, but not too long after he got there, he was transferred to Auburn prison. Arthur catches a lucky break while he's, uh, while he was at Auburn prison On November 4th, 1970, a prison riot started at Auburn Prison. I ended up finding a local news report written by Martin Arnold for the New York Times. And speaking of prison riots
0: and incidentally Attica Prison,
2: that might just be an upcoming
0: episode of Mike's History Corner. Really? Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Perhaps in 2023. Interesting. Any hoodles? Here's from the New York Times. Auburn, New York, November 4th. Prisoners seized control of the state prison here today and held it for eight hours before they returned to their cells and agreed to discuss their grievances with the authorities. Nearly 50 people, most of them guards, but some of them construction workers from the outside, were held as hostages. They were released late this afternoon. Four guards were injured, one having a possible skull fracture, and a civil defense attorney who was helping to direct traffic away from the prison died of a heart attack. One of the hostages said that it was, quote, rough inside. Some of the prisoners really wanted to get us. There was no exchange of gunfire, but at one time, policemen used tear gas in an effort to clear the prison yard. The prison, known officially as the Auburn Correctional Facility, has 1,675 inmates. Nearly all eventually became involved in the seizure. Throughout the day, local policemen and 200 state policemen ringed the gray-brown brick facility. Mayor Paul W. Lattimore declared a state of emergency in the city.
2: Mm. That, guard the, uh, that guard with the fractured skull, he was saved by Arthur Shawcross. I'm not sure what the exact details of that are, but Arthur saved his life. And as a result, Arthur was paroled on October 18th, 1971. As part of his parole, Arthur was seen by a psychologist who wrote, quote, Inmate is immature with a schizoid personality. He should be viewed as a schizoid arsonist who requires supervision, emotional support, and immediate referral to a mental health clinic. Projected homicidal intent of at least two arsons should not be underestimated. He is a fair parole risk and will require psychiatric treatment plus close supervision.
1: I think the psychologist is spot on, right? Probably shouldn't have been released. (laughs) No, it's very accurate. And also I was just at the Ohio Reformatory in Mansfield, the old prison over the weekend, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to picture like what a riot would have looked like there. Could not oh, be man. fun. No. It was bleak. What a bleak place. I it was really small. Go
0: it's really cool to see. Like it's, those it's cells are so fucking tiny. small.
1: It's not even six by nine cell. Like I couldn't even spread my arms width wise. That's crazy. Oh, you could man. barely
0: like lay down in it. Like it was like yeah. your head to toe, just walled up bars. Yeah. It was bad. I can't
1: imagine people being there. That's why Andy Dufresne got out. I'm going to crawl through 500 yards of the foulest shit known to man, <laughs> and I'm getting the fuck out of here. I watched Shawshank like the next day after we got back. Did just you? to catch, you know. Well,
0: it's probably on TV like
1: it is 24-7. Right?
0: <laughs> you can always watch somewhere. Yeah.
1: Shawshank is always playing somewhere. For those who don't
0: know, Shawshank was filmed at the Mansfield Reformatory. So you could say that Shawshank Redemption is a hometown hero. I would agree with that. I'm calling it. It is. <laughs>
1: I completely agree. It's one of the greatest films ever made. It's it fantastic. That. It's probably why it's on 24-7. Probably should have won Best Picture that year, but some other piece <laughs> of shit called Forrest Gump won it instead. Just goes to show you how good that movie is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or how bad people's tastes are. After his release, Arthur moved back with his parents in Watertown, New York. He was set up with the VA's mental health program, but he never went And his parole officer, never did anything about it. Oh, great. Good job. Arthur got a job with the Watertown Public Works Department and seemed to be getting his life on track, at least to the outside world. The only thing people said was odd was that Arthur rode a women's bicycle everywhere. That was white with a big basket on the front, and it had like those fenders (laughs) on the tires. You know, I think they said they were dark brown fenders. (laughs) I picture the Wizard of Oz, the Wicked Witch,
1: uh, (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) Or Dorothy riding her bike with Toto in the
2: the basket. That's about what it's like. (laughs) That's
0: what I was thinking.
2: (laughs) He reconnected with someone that he went to high school with, Penny Sherbino. Arthur wasn't doing the weird baby talk shit anymore. He had a job, and at this point, I guess you could say he turned into a fairly attractive guy. Really? I mean, Don't, not like tell me more. You know? <laughs> not, not what his interviews are. When if, if you watch his interviews later in life, he's an odd-looking person. Yeah, he did not look like that. Something. Okay. the way he aged was weird. He did not look like that when he was younger. Mm. A sheep fucking takes a toll on
1: you. You got to pick all that wool out of your cock, and that's what makes you go it's ugly. Not easy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: penny had two kids from a previous relationship and when she and arthur got married on april 22nd 1972 she was pregnant with his child as well but that pregnancy ended in a miscarriage from a beating or unconfirmed unconfirmed okay also living in watertown new york was the blake family they were described as a really tough family very blue collar they had nine kids eight boys and one girl and their mother mary blake was a woman that was not to be fucked with she was five one weighed 90 pounds but she would come out and beat her kids asses in the front yard and embarrass them if they got out of line at the same time the blakes were a very loving family they cared about their kids and mary loved all of them very much it's just different time tough woman mm-hmm. I think everybody can kind of get the picture. I get the picture. The two Blake boys we're going to talk about specifically are 11-year-old Jack Blake and 9-year-old Peter Blake. The boys loved going fishing, but Mary Blake wasn't thrilled with how the boys were starting to talk when they came home from fishing. Mary found out that Arthur Shawcross also liked to fish in the same spot, and he would tell the boys all his made-up Vietnam stories and show them Playboys.
1: You boys ever fucked a sheep?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Not a good influence.
0: No, yeah. when are we doing our fishing trip? Remember, I'm supposed to <laughs> bait your hooks for you guys and grab the fish off when you catch them. <laughs> On one and only time I could be a man. That and when there's a spider in the room with the three of us, that spider shit blows my mind. Still, uh, I'm not. A, I've never been afraid of bugs. Now, if a, if if a mouse ran in here, I'd be screaming like like. uh <laughs> Fucking hairy and uh,
1: Home Alone when the spider gets on his face. Yeah, I don't, I don't like bugs. I don't know if I was traumatized as a kid or what, but not a bug. You no, know? can't do the bugs.
0: Sometimes I just feel like you guys act afraid just to make, give me one thing as a man, make me feel like a man. Like oh. Oh, we'll just act like pussies and we'll let Mike to get this bug for us. So he'll he never good. admit to that though.
2: <laughs> I don't know. man. mean, that was one of the bravest things I ever, I've ever seen. Just grabbing a wolf spider with your hand like that.
0: I had a napkin though, didn't
2: I? Yeah, but still. Nope, I would ne- You, it would take like a solid amount of money for me to do that. Yeah, you
0: would do so well on Fear Factor, dude. <laughs> They're like, welcome no. to Fear Factor. Ian's like, I'm out. Yeah.
2: <laughs> nope. Mary told her kids, "Don't go back to that river fishing. Stay away from Arthur Shawcross." But kids, being kids, they didn't listen. On May seventh, nineteen seventy-two, Jack and Peter snuck to the river to go fishing and saw Arthur there. After fishing, Jack and Peter split up. Jack was going to walk to a friend's house, and Peter was going to go home. When Jack didn't come home that night, Mary landed into Peter, to which he told the truth, that they snuck down to the river and went fishing with Arthur. Mary reported Jack is missing and told them that she suspected Arthur had something to do with why Jack didn't come home. Police held two separate interviews with Arthur, where he admitted to seeing the Blake boys that day, uh, and fishing with them but he said that they left and he didn't see them again there was nothing to arrest arthur on and police weren't thinking that arthur did anything to jack anyways they were operating on the idea that jack had ran away it's very similar to our series on dean coral a lot of almost all of his victims were impoverished with the candy kids. guy right? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and almost all of those Victims came from impoverished blue collar families and police chalked every one of those boys up as runaways escaping their situation. And that's what was happening in the case of Jack Blake. Less than a month later on May 26, 1972, Arthur was brought in by the police again. Arthur reverted back to that bullying shit he used to do as a kid. And he was caught shoving grass clippings into the mouth, down the shirt and pants of a six year old boy. Arthur wasn't arrested for this and only received a $10 fine. That's weird. It's very weird. Mm.
0: Sticking that in the kid's mouth, though, like you wonder what his mm. motive really was going to be.
2: It's very similar to what he was taught about the sheep. Right. <clears throat> Maybe he got interrupted or something. And he That's couldn't what I mean. Finish, like, yeah, what he they... was planning on doing. Yeah. On September 2nd, 1972, eight-year-old Karen Hill was with her mother, visiting people in Watertown, New York. On that day, Karen was seen by the river Jack Blake was last seen at, and there were other children around to see Karen. When she didn't come home that evening, Karen was reported as missing, and police talked to the other kids that were around. The kids told the police that Karen wanted to see the fish in the river, and a man said that he could show her. They said that the man lifted Karen over a guardrail and walked her down to the river, and that was the last time anyone ever saw her. When asked for a description, the kids said that the man was riding a weird bike. It was a women's bicycle painted white with a big basket on the front. At 10 p.m. that night, police found Karen's body in the river. She had been stuffed into a sewage drainage pipe under a bridge. A slab of concrete had also been jammed in the pipe on top of her. The only reason police found her was because her feet were sticking out. There's some other reporting saying that her head was sticking out, but... There was an interview with one of the officers that found her. He said feet, so we'll go with feet.
0: Final answer, feet.
2: This is the warning part. This is rough. Karen Hill had been raped. Her vagina had been mutilated. She had grass and mud stuffed into her mouth, nose, vagina, and rectum, and she had been strangled to death with a string from her shirt, like a hoodie string, it sounded Mm. like, kind of thing. That's a brutal introduction to murder. You get Gacy, he says it was an accident, you know, or he stabbed that kid. And a lot of guys, it seems to be just a trial and error thing. He went
1: for it, huh? Or, you know, maybe there was 20 before them that were never found. It's it's always hard
2: to figure out what these people. When they actually started. Yeah. Because for the longest time, Richard Ramirez was thought to have started I can't remember what year, but actually he started like four years earlier, the DNA test. Nine-year-old
1: girl in that, mm-hmm. in that apartment building
2: stairwell or whatever it was. Yeah, that's right. Which he was embarrassed about and didn't want to admit to. That's exactly how Arthur Shaw crosses mm-hmm. too. That is his That is his one role mm-hmm. for his interviews. He will not talk about Jack Blake or Karen Hill. Why mm-hmm. those two? I think it's because he can't rationalize it. Like last or next week, we'll talk about how he says, oh, they were stealing from me or, yeah. you know, something that the sex worker did wrong to him. He can't justify mm. killing kids. Are these the only two kids he killed? Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I see what you mean then.
2: Police brought in search dogs that night looking for Karen. And once her body was found, police allowed the dog to get Karen sent. And that dog led police directly to Arthur's front door. On top of that, police saw Arthur's white bicycle with the big basket. Arthur was arrested and he confessed to the murder of Karen Hill. But now the police believed what Mary Blake had been telling them about Arthur. And I didn't put it in the outline earlier, but it wasn't like Mary just told the police, Hey, I suspect Arthur and then shut up about it. She was very vocal in the community. There's, I bet she was. there's newspaper write-ups of her, you know, saying it was Arthur Shawcross. The police aren't looking into this. Mm. After negotiating, Arthur agreed to tell the Blake family where Jack's body was, but in return, Arthur would receive first-degree manslaughter, which carried the sentence of two to 25 years in prison. We don't know the details of Jack Blake's murder exactly. In one of Arthur's journals found after he died, he said that he hit Jack too hard and realized that he would be sent back to prison, so he strangled Jack to death. Then he went back to Jack's body over and over again, apologizing each time until he got the urge to kill again in another journal Arthur gave the same reason but said that he went back to Jack's body where he ate his heart penis and testicles and then had sex with Jack's body oh
0: so he won't talk about it in interviews but he will write about stuff in
2: his journals yeah he, he will not talk about those two But that's what Arthur got on October 17th, 1972. He got first degree manslaughter, two to 25 years in prison, which he was to serve in Attica. For around the first seven years, he was nonstop trouble, faking being sick or faking mental issues to get out of work, stuff like that. Then eventually he transferred to Greenhaven Correctional in Stormville, New York, which is reserved for the worst of the worst, as far as I read. There he chilled out. Um, He received his high school diploma, learned carpentry skills, and just realized that he needed to play along. He had the possibility of parole, so if he stopped acting like an asshole, maybe he could get out early. And that's exactly what happened. On April 28, 1987, after serving 15 years in prison for the rape and murder of two children, Arthur Shawcross was a free man. One parole board member voted against Arthur being released. His name was Robert Kent. Robert publicly voiced his concerns about Arthur being released and said, quote, this man is the most dangerous individual to have ever been released to this community. That's we'll pick back up on part two.
0: Mm. Ooh, that's scary.
2: 15 years for the rape and murder of two children.
1: You know, I read where the, the DA said that really his confession was the only piece of evidence against him, but like I it seems like the bike and the, the scent from the dogs leading to his house are pretty corroborative pieces of evidence. I don't know. Who said that? The DA. Hmm. Why they plead, you know, let them plead to the, the the manslaughter charge. I don't know, man. That's uh that's something else.
0: Robert Kent knew. He was like, no,
1: I vote no and I'm gonna tell people why so that it's out there. Like it- manslaughter I'm not I even getting into a legal discussion, but that's not, you know. Slaughtering two kids by the river is not the definition of manslaughter, right? No,
2: no what he did to Karen Hill, it's un, that's like, unimaginable. Yeah, like, come
1: on.
0: Because we don't know what he did with, with <clears throat> Lake, right, other than killed yeah. him. But we don't know the specifics. Mm. Yeah, Karen. Because his body was not.
2: fairly decomposed. Mm.
0: Where did they find it again, his I, body?
2: I can't remember. In the vicinity. Mm-hmm. You, what he did to Karen Hill is worst of the worst. It's unit 731 type stuff. Yeah, The guy should have been executed.
0: No, it was four months after Jack's thing. So Jack, Jack had been gone for a
2: while. Yeah. And with his journals where he said that he went back apologizing over and over again until there was no body left. It was just bones. And then the other graphic version the truth is probably somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. because next week we'll talk about he goes back to the bodies all the time Mm. um who who did that there's a few people we've talked about that did that right bundy did that he went back and put makeup
0: on them and stuff like would would he he would bury them dig them back up put makeup on them or just leave them hidden
1: Leave them hidden, I think. Damn. The makeup ones, at least. Maybe. Gary Ridgway did that, too. I'm yeah. not sure if he brought the kid back with him or not. Da-da, we... <laughs> da, She's not alive no more. Da-da.
2: He brought his wife there, remember?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, like on a date.
2: He parked the car Tea over night. there, over yeah. one of the graves and had sex with his wife. Come on, baby.
1: Like, Arthur Shawcross oh, should have been executed after this. Yeah. Clearly. Not on a manslaughter charge. Yeah, that's absurd. Yeah. I mean, that's a first degree homicide. He should have been killed because the world doesn't
2: need people like this guy in it. There's nothing he has ever offered to society. Like his whole life has been nothing good. Yeah. There's not one redeemable quality about him. Well,
0: in all fairness, before we go on killing people, we had a psychologist (laughs) tell you exactly what this guy needed and it was never done or never tried. And I know he's to blame because he didn't follow up on anything. That's fair. But when you're on parole and under court supervision, where the hell was anybody else reaching out saying, "Hey, by the way, the psychologist said when he's released, here's what he needs." He's not getting it.
1: Isn't that wrong? I mean, I, would that have fixed him? Made Probably a not. Yeah. Probably I, not. I don't, I don't know. But, but the you're, psychologist you're right.
0: spelled it out for everybody, and there was no accountability. Which we see often with these when people are on parole. But or again, social or, workers
1: are overworked, parole officers are overworked. I don't know what kind of caseload they were dealing with. It's not an easy job. It's not you know a black and white kind, uh, of, kind of thing. I, I don't know. I I I don't give them that benefit of the doubt. No? You have
0: a guy that this is this okay. dangerous. Right. The psychologist said his word projected homicidal intent. How is that guy not yeah. near the top of your caseload? Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm just and, saying, and I'm not putting it on them either. No. But there was a plan for this guy, or at least a recommended plan, that was never tried. I'm just saying I don't have any insight into the specifics of what that person was dealing with. But you're right. It should, it needs to be a priority, and uh, we
0: can't lose track of people like this. No. And it also seems like, though, there was just, throughout his whole life, no accountability with regards to, like, violating his parole. And like you said, use double, double secret parole. You know, like, no. well, what's happening with this guy?
2: No. The fact that he was able to get out of prison... After murdering Jack Blake and Karen Hill might be the biggest ball dropped we've ever talked about. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. At the very least, this guy should
0: never see the light of day again. Like you should be in prison forever.
2: And we'll see the, the, the parole board, everybody except Robert Kent thought he should be out and that, you know, that he's well adjusted and, and things now they couldn't find a place for him to live. Because every town they tried to move him into, as soon as people got word of what he did, it was like mob mentality. Pe- I'm sure it was. People, yeah. of course. people crowded around his house and like forced him out. As yeah. you would expect them yeah, to do. It, I, I don't blame them. Oh, you don't want that person living by you. No.
1: It, it's, you don't want that person on earth. It oh. served
0: nobody any good to release him. That didn't help us. It didn't help him. It didn't help anybody else to release him. But again, when it's the manslaughter, like how long could they keep him? What was it? You got two to well, 25. 25. Years. They yeah. let him out 10 and, years and, early, hey, though. He's, but he's still at 25. He was young enough. He'd have been <laughs> out then on the street. Like it's just, they yeah. kind of put back themselves into a corner on that.
2: I don't know. That, that just seems like such a weak excuse to say it was to find out about Jack Blake. I feel like you could have said, told the Blake family or. Who knows if that's even the reason. That's just one of the numerous things that I saw. I feel like they could have been like, okay, well, if you're going to jail for the rest of your life and if you want to tell us about Jack Blake later, you can. I'm sorry. Like they traded it away. Yeah. For, like I'm sorry. They traded a,
0: a lot away for that, which if you're the Blake family, though, I understand like, Yeah. you want. But.
2: but if you're the DA, I think you have to say, okay, we, I'm sorry, but that's not, we can't do it. He won't talk, but he, he's going to be, you know.
0: He's extremely dangerous person. Like, yeah, you don't want to make those deals
1: to this extent.
2: If that's the reason, I don't know. You said that there was the thing about other evidence. They didn't feel. Well, like I saw the DA
1: saying they didn't feel that there, there was any evidence outside of his confession, but I think it's also telling that know. we're already having
0: this conversation and debate at the end of part one. Yeah. Like we're already diving into all that heavy stuff. So no, you know, there's nothing good the, coming. Yeah, yeah. It tells you the level of, of
2: severity of this yeah Yeah, because the the thing about him like his vietnam stories are bullshit um i i think that his mom brutally raping him and all his stories about that are bullshit but what he did to karen hill is exactly what we said and and Mm. next week it does not get any better he's a very brutal Mm. killer
0: is he done with the arson now? At this point, is it just more the brutality and the 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 rape and and yeah. the sexual? McDonald, try it. Yeah. Complete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got we did that like the halfway point of the episode. He was already right. through
2: it. That's what I mean. That he offers nothing good. Not yeah. a single thing right. good could be said about him. Some people the world doesn't need. There just there just is. Even Charles Ng. Had it was funny, right? A funny quality to him. People liked him, right? Right. Like he was, yeah. What did yeah, he right.
0: steal that got him busted? Like, like a hammer? Hammer? Wars yeah. store
2: it. theft? Yeah, a drill or something. <laughs> yeah, he's the one. He always said it was jocular. It was all jocular. <laughs> <talk>. Jocularity. <huh>? <laughs> <laughs> at least there's, a- there's nothing to even laugh about. There's not a single ounce of charm to. Arthur Shawcross. Like you can find oh, Char- Char- Charm and right. Charles Ng who snapped a baby's neck. More to come so, next week. Yeah, part two is going to be a blast. Can't wait. We're feel good episode.
0: Anything involving kids just yeah. makes it so much heavier. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had the urge to push that during one of the really heavy parts of our show? <laughs> Well could have been no. when when you know it was like Charles Zing snapped a baby's
1: neck. <laughs> <Hit them.
0: laughs> Welcome to Jocular Talk with Charles Zing.
1: Hey, if a laugh track can make the Big Bang Theory funny,
2: it can make anything funny. That video Does not of... make
1: it funny though? It does it tell people when they have to laugh because it's not funny?
2: <laughs> that video of Big Bang Theory without the laugh track is so hard to watch. It's yeah, cringy. Yeah. It shows you everything. It's tough. <laughs>
0: Oh, well, I'm excited.
2: Yeah, next week we'll start. We'll I mean, start I'm not I'm being
0: sarcastic, but.
2: <laughs> we'll start off with his, uh them trying to find him a place to live because nobody wants him. Uh, and then we'll go, we'll go from there. Speaking
0: of McDonald's, I, I didn't hear what the changes are, but like I think the TV was on mute. I can't remember, but I saw something <laughs> that McDonald's is making changes to their burgers. Really? Including like new buns. Really? Yeah. I'm not sure what all burgers it said they're their top burger. So I don't know if that just means like the Big Mac and the quarter pounder. And I guess what else they taking the Big Mac
1: to the size that it was in the 80s when it was twice as big as it is now. That would be nice, but I don't know. So we'll have to see what what comes of that McDonald's Mm.
0: uh, triad. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do a we'll do a part two on that as well. When I get more information, sounds great. If only I had Case like a test. device, I can look it up. But if only. My phone's all the way over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I don't feel good after this episode. These I didn't feel just feel right me out. Nothing
2: to feel good about. We had, uh, spoiler alert, we had Johnny Gosh on the list. But we're going to bump him back a little bit. He was going to be on the upcoming this. schedule and he's going to yeah. get pushed. Yeah. After I read that stuff about Karen Helm, like, hey, maybe we can push Johnny Gosh back. Mm. Give a break on the kid stuff after this. For oh. your mental health. It's not fun to read about. No, it's. Not. And our mental not health. Oh, yeah. I like
1: the alien stories, man. I do too. It's true and crime. I like, I like the true go crime kid
0: killing stuff. We haven't done a good poltergeist one in a while. Probably did all the
2: good ones, but. I used to be very interested in serial killers after focusing so much time on them mm-hmm. in the past four years. I don't find them interesting anymore. A bunch of just like man-child type stuff. Excuses for everything. Yep. Blame everybody else for yep. your why you are the way you are. and Yeah, after you had 10 years
1: to sit in prison and then con- con- concoct your story about why you did all these things. A whole woe is me type yeah. thing. Yeah.
2: Oh, my mom raped me. Oh, I was treated badly. Oh, I was bullied. And some people really were. But even the ones that were, like Ed Kemper, like, yeah, he's witty and stuff, but he's still just an obnoxious piece of shit. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right, anything else for part one? No. No. Yeah, we can wrap it all up next week. All right. What do we got for
1: uh, Patreon, Dave? Thank you to new patrons, Danielle Kulina, Rachel Taylor, Big Mommy Milkers. <laughs> hey! <laughs> I think sister. Matthew Fraser, Paris Bowser, Nan Wolf, Casey, Jerry Brouaw, Spaghettios out of a can suck. You lied to me. What do you have to say to that? I Mike? can't fix broken taste buds. No, <clears throat> good answer. Kale Prothero, Joshua Brittle, Mikey's big left nut on your forehead, not my forehead. I don't think that's me. No one ever calls me Mikey. <laughs> Kirsty Grimbley, Robert Bretlin, Doug Woods, must have cucked your dad. Good one. Good one. Taryn Ivy, Ashley Felton, Michael, Jake Lopez, Charles Delancey, Shami G, Carly Munn, Ryan Stark, Melissa Fralin, Matthias, Mrs. Hildebrandt's Big Harry Beaver. Well, I don't know if that's ever been proven. Mm-hmm. She probably does have a big hairy beaver, though. You're right, sir. <laughs> no, I think she gets it waxed in her butthole hole. She gets it waxed her butt <laughs> hole right. That's what you're hoping when you have your first date Can with her. you imagine what it's like when she calls
0: to leave the message for that appointment? <laughs> Calling her up. Uh, Hola ah! the, <laughs> the salon.
1: My beaver's poking out of my shorts! I'd like to make an appointment! <laughs> 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 Tiffany Harmon, Katrina Williams, Canadian Rusty Trombone, Research Council, Pink Eye Support Department. Complicated job, I bet. Thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> Jose Contreras, like the Jose Contreras, the baseball player. I think
0: probably. Probably.
1: probably. Amber Nicole, Clint Ogilvy, Fuck Ian, Mary Dave, Cuck Mike, There I Fixed It. Did they not? Did they kill you before? They might have oh, killed Mike. Know. Now they're cucking him instead. I don't, I don't know. Dylan Navarro Sandy Cheeks Be clapping her cheeks <laughs>
2: is, that, is that Talking about Spongebob I
1: don't know <laughs> Sandy Cheeks Be clapping her cheeks Hold on Is Sandy Cheeks A, a
2: Spongebob character Hold on Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Alright It's that character Alright <laughs> okay.
1: Hannah Hay, Tara Morales, Jordan, Shannon Swift, Junior Amaro, Alicia Garcia. How do you circumcise a hillbilly from West Virginia? You kick your sister in the jaw. <laughs> Yahoo!
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Weep and come. Mike's doppelganger goes to my gym. Thank you, new patrons. Excellent work as always. Appreciate your support. And you recovered over there? (laughs) I don't know.
0: You got uh,
1: reviews?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, For iTunes, I won for Mike's son from college, (laughs) (laughs) Becky by the beach, Dana Tyson, I Mojo Dojo, KB thirty four, and Sam B thirteen. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. All right, Dave. I've got a couple
1: international shout-outs. Raw Ritz Meg from Great Britain and Hobbit Slayer from Canada. Thank you much for the kind reviews. And I have a military shout out. Marine First Sergeant Eric Dale. Your brother submitted a shout out for you. Introdu- look at that. Introduced you to introduce him to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you uh, for your service. Thank you. Right, you, you're doing all right Dude, over there. I'm, I'm still
2: trying to, I'm not, I'm still laughing about that fucking West Virginia joke. What did that <laughs> I, say? I didn't know if it was that one of the Sandy Cheeks one you were going on about. Oh, well, that was pretty funny. How too. do
0: you
1: circumcise a guy in West Virginia, kick his sister in the jaw? <laughs> Yahoo, right? Yeah, or was that a separate name? And at the end, it was Yahoo. <laughs>
2: ridiculous
1: i got one more shout out from uh the guys at the horror you know podcast and us some it mo- uh, looks like a, a movie they made called Knawbone, a couple of uh koozies and stickers uh thanks guys appreciate it we're gonna check out Knawbone. maybe it'll make your top five
0: horror list uh of 2023 maybe it will let's see okay anything else to talk about tonight we're good that's all i got all right i'm good and now they're all in great moods after that story we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, the Talk tick, uh, at Necronomapod, Necronomapod.com, Amazon.com, search Necronomapod for all of our merch. We are working on getting stickers. Uh, there's been a lot of requests for that. We'll have those in the coming weeks. So give us some time, bear with us, but they are coming back. Um, we'll have those available on our website, Necronomapod.com. And we are at patreon.com slash necronomapod if you want to check out all of our bonus content. Lots of good stuff
1: on there.
2: All right. You guys ready for a cool down beer?
1: Cheers.